Hey all, this is Jules and welcome to Obsessed. Today we are talking to Kelly Gunther, whom we have quickly become obsessed with. Not only is she an American Olympian who graced the ice in the 2014 Sochi Olympics, she is every girl's girl. She was coined the comeback kid because she surmounted obstacles that, quite honestly, no normal human being should have. It is a testament to her resilience. It is a testament to her grit. It is a testament to her focus. And she's here today. So what do you do when you hit the pinnacle of your career? And then what does the horizon look like? How do you reinvent yourself after being the top of your game? You're going to love Kelly. You're going to be obsessed with Kelly. She is a motivational speaker and she just warms our hearts. So sit back, enjoy, and don't forget to tap those five stars. Do it. For Kelly, do it for us because we love bringing you these interviews that really change lives. Start getting obsessed with your life. Hey guys, welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage, all wrapped up into one podcast. If you're committed to your personal development and believe your life is meant for more, then get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Tristan, Mika, and Julie, and we are obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Hi, I'm Tristan, and I'm obsessed with your emotional well-being. Obsessors, you are going to be obsessed over Kelly Gunther. It is not only Olympic season right now, it is a season to really rethink how you look at your life. And Kelly is known as the comeback kid. She is an Olympian and she performed at the highest of highs. And now she's back a mere mortal. And we want to sit at her feet and understand what it's like to be not just an Olympian, but someone who gets back up every time she falls. Welcome, Kelly. We are so honored that you are here and a part of the Obsessed podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be honored to be as a guest with you guys and to talk and just really get to know who I am. Welcome, Kelly. Uh, Wow, we've got some questions for you. Mika, Um, ask her our favorite question first. We're going to kick this off, Kelly, and ask you, what are you obsessed with? That's a really good question. What am I obsessed with? I think really honestly becoming the best speaker and the best person, a version that I can be. And I say that as because I was so obsessed with the Olympics and making the Olympic team that that's all I've ever known isn't being an athlete and just shoot for the stars and you don't stop until you get there. So right now I'm just so obsessed with making my career and making something of that next journey of who I want to become now that I'm retired and no longer Kelly, the skater girl that I was for 25 years to becoming so obsessed to be known as the comeback kid. That is awesome. I'm writing this down. Shoot for the stars and don't stop till you get there. Was this like your mantra during the Olympics? What was your mantra? 
Mm-hmm. Really during it, it was just that I dreamt about it ever since I was a little girl and wanting to, I wasn't ever going to stop until I got there. So really knowing what passion was at so young at an age, just having that vision for myself was something that always kept me going until I got there. So I love that. And when you said being the best version of Kelly, you can be, Mm -hmm. who is Kelly? And I can't imagine the pressure that mounted on your shoulders as an Olympian moving towards Sochi 2014. I think I would just want to crack and break open. And I think it would be really easy just to define yourself as an athlete Olympian, but I'm sure there's so much more to you. Mm -hmm. And I really like that question is, you know, who is Kelly? And I think that's what's been so hard for me is now that I've stepped out um, now that after I'm retired is not wanting to be defined just as Kelly the skater or Kelly the Olympian, because there's so much more to me than just that. You know, there's the comeback kid inside me. There's the girl who never believed in me. There was the girl who had the learning disability. So I really have strived to get to really not being defined just as one thing. Because at the end of the day, I want to be bigger than just the Olympics. I want to be bigger and known for Kelly, the comeback kid who's faced so many obstacles, but no matter what, I will overcome a challenge. And it's something that I've just have been used to, I think my whole life. Can you walk us through that story? The comeback kid that just intrigues me. Mm -hmm. Um, I really believe it started at just such an early age for me. I was diagnosed with learning disability in kindergarten, first grade. So I always feel, I always say, you know, right off the bat, like I was coming back from that. And then As I was a figure skater, that's how I was watching the 1994 Winter Olympics. Granted, at six years old, I didn't know what the Olympics were, um, but I knew I wanted to be on that stage and I knew that I was going to get there someday. Well, once again, I was kicked off or kicked down because I was a little too fast for the music. So I couldn't hear the beat as a figure skater. (laughs) That's a little bit of a problem and you can't hear the beat. So then I get introduced to inline speed skating and that took me around the world. Inline speed skating is not an Olympic sport. And sadly, it still isn't today. Um, I was in junior world championships and world championships as I competed at the highest level that I could. Um, But at 19, I still knew I wanted to go to the Olympics. So I switched over to long track speed skating. Vancouver was kind of out of mind, out of sight because I was new to the sport. I'd only been skating ice for about two, two and a half years. I was actually named to the 2010 Olympic team. And then I was taken off within 24 hours by rolling. And I was told that the girl that was my biggest competitor was getting a reskate. So she reskated an hour later, goes a second and a half faster and gets a personal best. And then I, we did an arbitration and lost in the arbitration and I was taken off. So right then and there, you know, I'm kicked down once again. And the athlete that I was going to become was going to happen right there in that moment, that very next day. So I went to the ice rink and I knew I had another four years ahead of me. I knew my eye had to be on that prize because you could knock me down once and my childhood dream just come true. But I can promise you in another four years, I will make it fair and square because no matter what, nothing's going to stop me. And that's really the start of, you know, being the comeback kid is just because two and a half months later, I had a double compound fracture and I was told I'd never be able to skate again. So not only did live my dream for a few hours for it to just be taken away, So then being told I would never be able to compete at that level. But in that very moment, I just, the negativity never set set in. And as my foot was hanging off my leg, I had said, you know, with a positive mindset that, you know, I am going to be able to skate again. Even on the way to the hospital, the paramedics kind of laughed at me and said, well, your foot's hanging off your leg. And I said, 
I know, I know, but we're going to surgery. Like it's going to be back on and reattached. And again, it was just the start of the comeback kit. And that's just what I've been known for. I want to ask you, because your story is so phenomenal for so many reasons. And I don't know if you're even aware of this, Kelly, yourself, but what do you say to those women that face obstacles in their careers and their lives where they have goals? And it seems like you had your own goal and this other skater, your competitor was able to get it almost seemed like it was unfair in that moment, what happened to you and your career and, and these obstacles come up. Like, what do you say to someone that feels like life has dealt them a bad set of cards and they've got all these chances that keeps coming up and they feel like they can't make it to their goals? I really, really like that question. So thank you for asking it is because in life, Life isn't always butterflies and rainbows. It's not perfect. And just like you said, you know, what do we do when life hands us the cards we don't want? And in that moment, it's always easier said than done. So what I really say is that those challenges are what is going to make you. And it could, yeah, either make you or break you. But you have to decide how you want to overcome it and know how bad you want it. And in that very moment, even you had said it did seem unfair and it probably maybe was unfair, but I couldn't change the outcome of it. And I had to just swallow my pride and know that it was going to be hard for that 24 hours because my dream had just come true to be, you know, just taken away. But in, I had to know that that's the start of knowing that life isn't fair and life isn't always going to be that butterfly and rainbows that everybody thinks that it is painted to be. Absolutely not. But that's what makes you stronger. And that's what makes you, when you get to where you want to get to, you remember that moment and you kind of, in my eyes for myself personally, I think that that happened because if it, that didn't happen now, I can't, it want to be a part of my story. You want to be a part of who I was. So many years ago, I may not have been able to say that so confidently because I wanted it so much. But now it's just, it's made me to think that life isn't always fair. And I may face another obstacle and tomorrow or two years or, you know, whatever it may be. And it may be the same scenario where life isn't always fair. But knowing that and having that mindset to know that, yeah, it isn't always fair, but you have to move on and you have to keep going no matter what life throws at you. Because at the end of the day, that's what just makes you who you are. And that's what makes you stronger. And that's what makes you have such a stronger backbone, you know, facing all those obstacles and all those hurdles that you have to overcome and just believing in yourself and know that you got this. You got this girl. I love saying that. So I just wanted to throw that in. But Kelly, what you did is you're making your mess, your message. And your platform as an Olympian and as a prolific thought leader on this topic, you wouldn't have that right now if you didn't, you know, if your foot wasn't hanging off your leg that day. And it's these experiences that always make us richer as human beings. And I must tell you, every time I fail or my kids fail and they get mad at me, I always say, Michael Jordan didn't make the high school team. And they always go, Mom, that's what parents say to losers. I'm like, Stop, 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 stop. But it's really bouncing back. And the comeback kid, it is when don't you're not letting the highs get too high or the lows get too low. It is maintaining that equilibrium. So that is so cool. 
And that mindset, I mean, that sets you apart from everybody, just most of the population, just being able to jump back on the horse again. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of us just would be like, okay, so I didn't make the Olympics. So I didn't do this. Well, maybe I'm just going to go and, you know, learn to do nails or go to law school, something like that. But Natalie, you can do my nails. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'll do your nails. (laughs) <laughs> but that that just speaks to the higher echelon of your mindset and something that was born in you. I don't know if it's in your DNA or where did you learn that? Honestly, I get that question asked a lot. You know, where did it come from? And I kind of just laugh and say, I think it really had just come from inside of me and that in that fire from starting at six years old. And that's the start of the journey. You know, I was kicked down from the very beginning. I was diagnosed, like I said, with a learning disability. And then I went to the next thing where I wanted to be a figure skater. Well, guess what? I was kicked down right from there. So I think just from the very beginning, the fire within inside of me, I always had to prove that I was going to be there. I was never fast and I was never last. I was always the girl that was right there. So having to work so much harder for that, it just kind of became my natural thing. And wanting to just not only prove to myself, but to prove to the world that you know, I am going to be there and you may cut me out, but I promise you'll see me at the finish line with you. You're a team player. You're a team player. And also, I mean, that is not the only setback you've had. In Mm -hmm. 2012, you lost your father. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine. I bet you just when you were there in Sochi, you must have like felt his spirit. Yeah, I really did. It was really hard for me because I didn't grow up with him. My mom and I moved to Michigan when I was 11. And it was very hard for me. I had a saw counselor all through high school because I just always wanted that daughter figure, you know, relationship with him. And I never got it. And as you're 16, 17, you don't really realize, you know, what alcoholism is because I was, I was so young that I couldn't really grasp that concept. So when I was in my early twenties, I think 23, 24, Um, when he had passed away and it hit me harder than I ever, all that I was older and I can understand, you know, what alcoholism was. And then going to the line for Olympic trials, I had said, open a can of bass. And that's something that he would always say when I um, skated. So yeah, he was definitely there for sure. I read your history and I know from what you're saying, your dad, your father was not always there, that he, he left the family when you were, I think you were about 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and when my mom and I had moved to Michigan at 11. Yep. And your mom was working two jobs. Yeah. My mom worked two jobs. She was a caseworker for the state of Michigan. And then she actually had her own cleaning business of cleaning um, empty apartments. So sometimes even after practice, I would go and help her clean these apartments uh, from her working all day and then me going to school all day and then going to practice and then going to do that. So uh, yeah, we definitely, we had our own little team there. (laughs) Oh, Oh, you definitely learned your fortitude and strength through your mother because I can't imagine how much skating lessons cost, especially at your level. Yeah, definitely not cheap. (laughs) That's great. And when we, before we started recording, you're mentioning how you, your best skating that you did was when you actually, you didn't put so much pressure on it. You actually just let loose and you were in the moment. So I wrote this down. You said, the less you try, and and then I kind of paraphrase this, the less you try, the more you just have fun because is it because you're in the moment? The less you're trying and trying could be related to like that scarcity mindset. You know, it's almost like trying to, you don't have it. It's like, oh, I got to just, I got to get this. You put that pressure 
But the less you do that and the more you're just in the moment, is that being, is that connected to just being fun, like having fun? Is that connected to being in a flow? What does that mean for you? It really means to, to be in the moment and to live in the moment. And honestly, that's exactly how I made the Olympic team. I can paint you a picture. The night before I had raised the Olympic trials in 2014, I'll never forget. Um, I was sitting in my one bedroom apartment in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I had, I was by myself and I had said this literally the night before I was going to race tomorrow. I said, whatever happens tomorrow is going to happen. You know, how many people can say just four years prior that they can come back and even put skates on their feet? I had absolutely no idea if I was ever going to be able to even just do that, let alone try out for the Olympics. And I really had to say just that, you know, how many people can say that they just tried out and you know, I'm just going to have fun with it and I'm going to enjoy it. And that's exactly what I did. I, I had fun. Honestly, I really can say, I don't think I was really that nervous. It's just because I was in the moment and, you know, I wanted to get to the starting line because I was just so excited to race and, and look, it, it became the best outcome. And I actually never skated a personal best time. And when I continue on for another four years, it's just because I had so much fun that day. I wonder, so tell me about that, that night before you're in your one bedroom apartment in Salt Lake City and you're like, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm just going to, how many people can say they've made it to the Olympics, like to, to this point, mm-hmm. was it your preparation that led you up to that, to that eve before that got you in that mindset? I mean, help us paint the picture for us, because I'm wondering, like, how did you get to that point where you're able to say, Whatever's going to be, it's going to be. I'm happy. I'm grateful to be here. It sounded like gratitude. That's what I was hearing when you described that. Yeah. And really, thank you for asking that. And I um, really do want to paint you a picture is because it, that's what was so emotional is that, you know, four years prior, as my foot was hanging off my leg, as I keep saying, we had no idea. Well, I always say my foot hanging off my leg was the best thing that ever happened to me is because I got to live my dreams out at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. Um, I was the girl that never got to go to college. So that Olympic training center really became my college. And I looked at it as it was a college for athletes. There was a cafeteria, there was dorm rooms, you know, it was like the whole nine yards. And ever since I was six years old, I was now 23. I had never been off my skates that long my entire life. So I literally did not know what to do with myself. So my rehab every day, twice a day, that became my training because I walked in with crutches and a boot and straight, just no answers ahead of us. But growing there and that support group became my my team. You know, I bawled my eyes out five months later because I didn't want to go back to Salt Lake City. I wanted to stay in Colorado Springs with, with my group. You know, I knew that they believed in me and they wouldn't even let me leave um, Colorado until I went to this little tiny ice rink. They had just Sambonied it. And we, I had my whole entourage there. The head doctor was there, the head trainer, the sports like I was seeing um, my boyfriend at the time, he was a gymnast. Uh, the men's gymnastic team was based out of there. So I had, I had everybody there. And in so moving forward to know that that's what came over me the night before I raced is that I wasn't only doing it for me that time. I was doing it for them because we as a team just worked so hard to get that, that skate back on my foot. And that's why I think you really hear, um, you know, so much gratitude in that is because it was, you know, look, let me, they helped me get to this. Let me help them and give back to 
all that hard work we just put into it every day, twice a day. Um, because altogether, it took about two years for me to fully come back. The first year I had a plate and 10 screws in my foot. Exactly one year later, the doctor took that out. And that's what he would have known if the foot needed to be amputated or not, uh, which thank God it didn't. Uh, my foot is you know, fully attached. I have no hardware in there. Um, so that's why I had to go back to Colorado Springs to do more rehab because now I have to teach my ankle how to work without the hardware. Uh, you know, so all together, you know, the rehab process was about two years, two and a half. And then, you know, now your mind set on the prize because now you're only about two years out from the Olympic trials and, you know, it's really go time. And I always say that this is my gold medal moment is not only when I got to step on the ice for the very first time. Um, in Sochi, Russia, is that my head doctor, who is my head doctor in Colorado, was in the stands in Sochi, Russia, because he was the head doctor of those Olympic Games. And that's something that is, you know, so important to me and something I will able to have for a lifetime and cherish is because how many people can say that? Just like I said, you know, four years, we had no idea. And now he's in the stands at the Olympic trials or at the Olympic Games. And it was just so a gold medal moment for me. I feel that it is so difficult for just mere mortals, not like Mika. Mika's not a mere mortal like I am, but mere mortal, a mere mortal like I, just to picture myself at the pinnacle of my success in terms of my craft. And then you are boom, back in quote unquote reality. So what do you do? Where can we find you? And how is Kelly Gunther reinventing herself and being that best version of herself? Mm-hmm. Really reinventing myself and not being defined just as Kelly, the Olympian. There's, it's Kelly, the comeback kid, is because I'm always going to be coming back from something. We're always going to be facing that next big challenge. And that's what I really want to set myself out to be and set myself out to be up different from everything else is that I want to be, you know, redefined as just Kelly, the comeback kid and start all over again. That this is, that era has ended. And now this is a brand new journey that I get to start and see where it takes me. And aren't we lucky to have Kelly here with us? She defines what grit and tenacity is. She's the comeback kid. Everything is in our notes where you can find Kelly. She's amazing. And I think when I hear Kelly speak, what I want to say is what is to be is to be. And that is Kelly's philosophy. And isn't she inspiring? So guys, Check out Kelly. Check out her website. She's amazing. She's a prolific thought leader and speaker. And man, are we obsessed with her. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast featuring our special guest, Olympic athlete and speaker, Kelly Gunther. I loved when Kelly said to shoot for the stars and don't stop till you get there. You know, I'm not an Olympic coach, but I am a life coach. And I can just imagine that Kelly's refusal to adversity, serious injuries, defeat, and definitely faith were all the ingredients she needed to win and win big. And that makes her unstoppable. What were your takeaways from today's episode? Please share your takeaways with us on Instagram and Facebook. And also while you're at it, please like, subscribe, and review our podcast and share it with your tribe, your other girl bosses, your friends, your family, your coworkers. 
Everyone that you feel will benefit from today's amazing podcast with our Olympic athlete and speaker, Kelly Gunther. Bye for now, queens and obsessors. I'm going to go catch my crown and I'll catch you later. Mwah.